0: Welcome to Deepen with Pastor Joby Martin. The Church of 1122 is a movement for all people to discover and deepen a relationship with Jesus
1: Christ. And we're praying this message helps you deepen your relationship with Him. Now let's dive in.
2: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Deepin' Podcast with Pastor Joby Martin. We have some extra guests, so if you're watching or listening, it's going to take a little more attention from you. So uh, let's introduce everybody around the table, Pastor Joby, so we get a sense of, of who we all are. You want to start? I am <laughs> you are, Pastor, who are you?
0: <laughs> I'm Pastor Joby Martin, husband of the First Lady Gretchen Martin, who is here on my right. You guys can introduce yourselves.
3: Great, well, I'll handle that. Uh, I'm Ben Annis. I'm the husband of Tanya Annis, also here on my right.
0: Who helped me bring the word tonight. and She crushed it. So good. And you're Tanya.
4: I'm Tanya. Yes. (laughs) I got confused for a second. The husbands were introducing, and so then I was a little confused where we were going there.
2: Well, this has been a cool series, and Pastor Joby, you reminded us again that it's part of the year of abundant life as we're in this two-year journey, 1010 Life. And uh, God's wisdom for our lives, lived out practically living the abundant life in Him, does have some practical implications, right? like you said, and uh, for marriage as well. And so we started off talking about husbands and wives. Uh, my first question is, Pastor Joby, what would you say is like this state of marriage in our church or in the churches that you experience lately? Like what is, what's going on? Um,
0: well, I think we are under attack. So again, we're in the middle of this 1010 life thing, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. Marriage is the primary picture that God uses in the Bible to represent or reflect God's covenant love towards his people. So of course, the enemy would would Put his sight's on marriages to try to tear them apart, because look man, I know it's a goofy little funny thing like if mom ain't happy, nobody's happy, but it really is at the heart of it man if the if the enemy wants to just take you down if he can try to tear apart what God has put together he's winning, mm. and in a lot of places man he's winning you know mm. Mm. um i think I think marriages in our culture I think it's probably very polarized you know there's a lot of there's a lot more resources than maybe like our parents had. Um, I know like Gretchen and I read the five love languages a bunch of years ago. That was super helpful. The fact that our church, lots of churches do marriage series, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So so there's a lot of healthy marriages probably fighting more and getting healthier. And then there's, but rampant, I mean, but infidelity and divorce are probably more rampant than Mm -hmm. ever, at least publicly.
2: Mm -hmm. I remember being, uh, a lot younger, and uh, you know, when you first get married, you don't expect to see a lot of your friends struggle in marriage. You know, I mean, Tanya, you've been in ministry a long time. Have, have you seen? Have you been surprised by by watching marriages around you and the progress? I mean, I can I just remember some friends that you just like, wow, they just they split up. You know, they got married at the same time we did, or whatever. Like,
4: yeah, I think it's always shocking, and part of the shock is because. We typically only show people the happy and the Mm -hmm. good, and so often things are happening behind closed doors, and getting to be a part of the body Mm -hmm. is a place where we can come and be known, Mm -hmm. and it's not a place, it's not meant to be a place where we only put on a happy face. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be a place where we come forward and say, this is what's happening, and we raise our hands when we need help, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately, it tends to happen the other way, and so it's always a surprise in that case.
2: Uh, Gretchen, you disciple a lot of young women, and so how much of it would you say has to do with marriage and relationships and and that kind of thing?
1: Um, I think a lot of it does, really, the a lot of young married couples with little ones just struggle, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's hard. It's Mm -hmm. hard. You're exhausted. You're at each other's throats. You do things, or you— you're learning how to parent together, but you have different viewpoints, and mm-hmm. there's all these things that come into play, and they don't. The world is not for them. Um, I think the world tells men, the world dangles sh- shiny things in front of men, and the world tells women that they don't need a man, mm-hmm. and so it's just. You know, the world's not on their side, and when things aren't good at home, and when God is not, and Christ is not the center of their marriage, then that's what they start to believe, mm. and it's really it's really difficult. And you see a lot of tragic things happen in marriage because of that.
0: Mm. Gretchen, as you say that, it reminds me of what Dr. Brunson talked about here last week, that a major shift between our parents' generation and our generation is, regardless of your relationship with Jesus 50 years ago or whatever— Pretty much everybody had a Christian worldview on things like marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole community was trying to keep everybody married. I know there was shady stuff, on, but it was in the shadows, in the dark. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like what you're talking about where it's in your face. Like, yeah. the best thing for you to do is leave your spouse because right. ultimate you don't need reality is your happiness. No. You don't need a man. I mean, who— that would sound so crazy to our parents' generation, and it probably sounds normative to our children.
4: Right. Well, marriage used to be for the good of the community. Well, yeah. 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 And now so many look at it as the good for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, what's in mm-hmm. it for me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's a there's a – I mean, Tony and I are raising, are raising boys, and there's a fundamental different understanding of what like words like commitment mm-hmm. or promise or consistency even mean. Because because culture now is such a bite sized. If you don't like it, just try something else.
0: Uh,
3: so I think even looking back at the older generations, even non-believers had a different understanding of what commitment and and you know stability looked like.
0: And then you get people like Jordan Peterson right now, who which I'm a big fan of. I like what he's doing. And and you know you can't study the Bible as hard as he has been studying the Bible over a bunch of years, regardless of how and why he came to it, and it not. Shape you right, because the word of God never returns in vain. Right. And so, and he's saying things like people should stay married for the sake of their kids, for the sake of their community, and that's being called like ultra right conservative hate speech. What used to just be like, of course you should stay married. Now, are there are there uh, are there some outliers where you shouldn't stay married for sure? The Bible talks very clearly about abuse and abandonment and infidelity. Okay. But by and large, our culture has shifted to a um, my own perceived reality is ultimate in my life.
2: Mm, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Is and that's that, a shift. That's a
0: major shift.
2: Yeah. Right. It's like what other what other fruit would you expect mm-hmm. if like the ultimate good is your own comfort and happiness? Right. Then as soon as something's wrong, you're no longer living in that. You know. Mm. Uh, Where well, our text our text for this. This weekend is Ephesians 5. It's a very well-known text on marriage, and uh, it has talks about submission, and we talked a lot about that uh, in, in the message. And, um, Tanya, you, sh- you shared your experience with coming through different levels of understanding around that word mm-hmm. submission or submit. And so talk to us a little bit about why submit has a negative connotation for a lot of people.
4: Well, as soon as you hear that word submit, I think there's this uh, underlying idea of less than or lower than, Mm -hmm. but that's not what scripture is talking about. Mm -hmm. But in our culture, it's, you know, my gut reaction too, don't tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. I don't want somebody else telling me how to live my life. Mm -hmm. However, as a follower of Christ submission is to Him. Mm -hmm. And when I submit to Christ, when I do life His way, Mm -hmm. it just goes better. Mm -hmm. It just goes better.
2: Yeah. There's a difference between submission that you volunteer for and that uh, you're forced to. Like, I thought of like
0: being submitted, like, right, in like the UFC? jiu-jitsu or something like that, right? It's just like, Tap. it's a you submission hold. I get that at all. You know? Yeah.
2: And, yeah, that's and I love that you said that, that, that that's not what it's about. Yeah, it's, it's like, free. It's, it's one that you volunteer for. And that's way, 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 way different.
0: Well, one of the things you got to point out is, and we both talked about it tonight, but, um, Submission is not just for wives. The verse before it is that we should be mutually submitted to one another out of reverence for Christ. And submit, it just means, it does. It means to lower yourself. It means, that like, I'm going to consider you, your deals a bigger deal than my deal. I'm going to try to serve you, not use you to serve me. And good friends do that with one another. Mm-hmm. And so a, a foundation of a good godly marriage starts with be, being good friends. What can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Not... This is not a hostage negotiation where and what you're holding hostage is my happiness and I'm trying to like manipulate it to get what I want. There's are very, very different things. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I have to think of those two things because you pointed out, Pastor Joby, the love command to the husbands and then the submission command to the wives. I tend to think of those not as exclusive to each one, but the Certainly. one that might be harder for you to do or, or against your natural inclination, right? Because yeah. oftentimes wives are— are wanting to like help or or take charge, and it's like this is a, this is how I honor Christ. In the same way, a, a husband would be like, "Let me lead." So like, no, no, start with love instead. Yeah. So start with this first. Uh, Pastor Joby, how how have you seen, or or maybe in in the years of modern church history or the evangelical church, how has that word submit been misused, misapplied?
0: Yeah, it's um, Tony did a good job of uh, mentioning this. It doesn't have anything to do with roles. Like, this has nothing to do with who cooks and who cleans and who pays the bills. So we're grown people, and, and like, at our house, um, you, we just kind of divide it up. It also changes by seasons, right, and, and who has what job and all that kind of stuff. So it just – you're grown people, and you divide the amount of work it takes to accomplish, you know. But that doesn't mean that um, – you know men do all the outside work women do all the inside work all the decisions are made by the man that's silly i i can't Im- i mean we're a team what decision what kind of major or even minor decision would we make without us talking about it and being on the same page i mean ideally i think what you're supposed to do as a man is leverage your headship to serve your wife mm-hmm. so like I am in charge and what we're gonna do is now what do you want to do? <laughs> it's that kind of thing. <laughs> Long time ago I shared this example because Gretchen honestly does an amazing job at this. Mm-hmm. And she is she has very strong opinions about many things and is and doesn't have like a submissive personality, but she does a really, really good job of um, understanding the position that I'm in and that she's in. And years ago we had a we were planning a mission trip together. And uh, Reagan had just hurt her toe really bad at church, smashed her toenail, and the doctor said the toenail is probably going to fall off while you're on the mission trip. And all the mom instincts kicked in on her, and I, my my instincts were all wrong, but they were all like, no, this is the devil trying to keep you from going on a mission trip, and don't be ruled by fear. Okay, so we we did not agree on this what we should do. And one day I said, babe. Would you trust me to pray and make the best decision for our family? And while I was in the woods on a Monday, she sent me this pretty long text. And it just said, "I trust you. I know that God speaks to you and I know whatever decision that you make for us is going to be best for our family." Mm-hmm. It was the that's what that word means. Mm-hmm. It was just like I trust Jesus, I trust you. Mm-hmm. You know, and she even said, "And regardless of what we decide, I'm probably going to have some emotion attached mm-hmm. with it." It, it put me in the position to say, what do you think the best thing to do? I came home. It's kind of as a joke, but I was like, I have decided what we're doing. And she's like, okay, great. What is it? And I go, first, what do you think the best thing to do? And she's like, I think I should stay home with Reagan. And I go, you're right. I agree. That's what we're doing. That truly, that's mutual submission right there. Mm-hmm. And she was absolutely right.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, it's just what. So. When you're trying to outdo one another with honor in a case like that.
4: Mm-hmm. It's funny though, I have found as I've been leaning into this, I've noticed with our conflicts, so often it might be because I'm trying to show him honor and respect. He's trying to love me. And then we are colliding without communicating well. So communication within that matters a ton. But our conflicts typically end up because I'm trying to respect he's trying to love and we're trying to outdo each other Yeah, without I mean, saying the <laughs> Yeah. Very,
3: very much. I mean, tonight when, you know, we went up to pray at, at the altar at the end and, and, and part of my prayer was like, Hey God, like we've been married 22 years. If you could somehow make me into a guy that can love her in a way that she can feel it and hear it and like do it. Cause I ain't good at it. Like that, you know, that's what Same. it comes down to. And so like, I can be trying to love her really, really well. But it's that – I mean, I think you said it tonight, that whole idea of, like, hey, man, I, I can give you T-shirts. But if you don't like T-shirts, <laughs> right. it mm-hmm. don't matter that I'm giving you T-shirts. Right. Like, I, I, I have to somehow figure out how to love you in a way that you can hear it and feel it. And then I have to get better at that.
4: And right. it changes with seasons. Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And it really – I just don't see submission as uh, more, a better than or a lesser than, which you shouldn't, but it's, I mean, we like, we call each other, he's the CEO, I'm the COO. He, I mean, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and mm-hmm. so I take care of all the things at home. So I'm like the operating person, and he brings home the money, and he's out there doing what God mm-hmm. has for him to do, and... And that's just kind of how we do things. And it's just, it's not about, um, well, I have to, I have to let him make all the decisions because he's, you know, it's not about that. It's about us coming together and working together as a team. Mm -hmm. It's all about like the team effort. It has, that's why we are meant to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's so that we're not doing things alone.
0: Um, and we're I'm in a season right now where I've got to make some decisions, scheduling decisions about further education stuff. And and I I don't know if this is the right time or not. Mm. So we are we are right now in a conversation where I'm saying to her, I I need your time, I need your attention, I need your advice. Mm. And this has been a multi-day conversation. And even today, she sent me one more text saying So have you thought any more about our conversation with this? This is So if you looked at it from the outside, it would have looked like the last few days, she's the boss. And I'm asking, like, she's the counselor, she's the guide. Isn't that how it's supposed to be? Like, nobody knows me better than she does. Nobody loves me more than her. And nobody's for me more than her. And nobody's less impressed than she is, right? Because she knows me. She doesn't know pastors. She's just me. And... Man, when things are, when you got Jesus in the middle and you love and trust one another, you can have those kind of ongoing decision making kind of conversations. And I, it would not be good for me to make that decision on my own. Mm-hmm. I know I'm ultimately responsible for it, but I need, I have to have her mm-hmm. and her input, and all of the decisions I make will be better. Listen, church, you should thank God for Gretchen Martin. Mm-hmm. This church would not be what it is without her incredible influence here and i'm not just talking about the 10 years she led worship so 10 plus years and the cool devos she writes when she does that i'm talking about the amount of counsel i get from her about the direction of this church it's it's invaluable mm-hmm. so that's well, it's well, like that's the mutual submission yeah
1: i mean the bottom line with submission the, mm-hmm. the world is not going to understand it mm-hmm. if the yeah. world doesn't know christ mm-hmm. right, that's right. So we can't, you know, we can't force that. You know, you've got to know the love of Christ before you understand what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not about submitting to your husband so that he can rule over you and bully you and has the freedom to abuse you and all these things Mm -hmm. that the world is saying that's what it means. And that's Mm -hmm. not at all what it means. It means coming together
4: as one because that's what you are when you are married. Yeah, and getting to be each other's biggest cheerleader. Yeah. Ben champions me and believes in me more than I believe in myself so many of the times. And our marriage looks different than yours. Mm -hmm. I work. He works. It's what the Lord has called me to do. It's what the Lord has called our family to do. And the way in which we work together looks very different. So... He works from home right now, and he's grocery shopping, he is making dinners. He's taking the kids yeah, he to is. swim.
0: three points. <laughs> I mean, he is
4: killing it. But he is doing it from a position of love and also so that I can walk in the calling that God has called me to. And again, like I said, in seasons, it switches. When we moved to Jacksonville, it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. But he's still working and leading the family as he works with compassion now. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, man. I, I think it. You know, uh, you know the the guy um, has all the pressure of uh, not all the pressure, but all the pressure of you, you're going to have to answer for it. You right. have to answer for your family, right? And and that's a heavy mantle. Um, but it's not about the uh, you know just everyday grinding and just like ratcheting down and wrestling down every decision. Is my family doing all the like? No. Mm-hmm. It's not about that at all. It, it's really just about how much of the mantle am I willing to carry mm-hmm. and just sacrifice on behalf of my family. Now, the problem in it comes in like when you bow up every now and then and be like, look at my mantle. And I'm, you know, <laughs> the, like, yeah. then, then you're in
0: trouble. But. <laughs> If, if you're quoting submit verses, it's over, bro. Right. You lost a long time ago. Look at
1: my mantle that you left your cup on. Oh.
0: Right, right, right. I left my cup Dang. We, we don't have
3: a mantle now. I just leave them everywhere.
2: I love what you said, Gretchen. And and uh, I think you said it, Pastor Joby, in the, in the message. But of all the things that are biblical wisdom, there's some of that makes sense even if you don't know the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? Like not being in debt or, right. you know, not killing people. Like there's some benefits to those that you don't really have to know, like to understand Jesus to, right. to follow it. But t- this, this dynamic inside of marriage, it really is one that you're just not going to get because of, because of how, I mean, he says, Paul says it, it is supposed to point to the mystery of Christ in the church. Yeah. It's supposed to tell you that story in a very, very clear way. And if you don't know that, or you're not bought into that, then you're going to be, it's going to be all jacked up. Um, uh, verse thirty three, you know, he ends this the section talking about love and respect. A lot of conversations have been had about that. Books written about it. Um, I mean, I thought about love languages. You mentioned that a minute ago. Uh, isn't it funny how we want to love people in the love language that we like? Yeah.
0: <laughs> also,
4: in the Amen. way that we understand the love
0: language. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
4: Ben and I were going somewhere one time, and we were listening to this podcast. And after the hour long podcast, I like pulled out my headphones, kind of got cozy in the seat. Well, one of his love languages, quality time. And he looked at me and he goes, you think we just had quality time, <laughs> don't you? And I was like, yeah, we just spent an hour listening uh, to the same thing. And he was like, oh funny. no, quality time starts now when yeah. we talk about I it. I
3: want to know what you thought about it. <laughs>
0: right, right. That's hilarious. One of Gretchen's is, it's, you know, there's the five and then I there's have, like,
4: there's a six for
0: me. Apparently. Proximity. <laughs> Hers is proximity. Mm-hmm. Which you just got to understand. So for her, like this Saturday, I don't think any of us have anything planned. And we're going to watch college. She's the best, bro. She'll cook big chili and Go we'll dogs. just watch football all day. And it's great. And, you know, but she, and we, I don't know that we'll have any kind of deep abiding conversation about anything except maybe the offensive play call of the University of Georgia and how frustrating she, that is. But it's just, <laughs> she, if she can just be sitting in the living room and know, that we're all on the premises, even though we weren't nobody even talk to each other that day hardly. It's like it just feels right to her, mm-hmm. and so you gotta that that's a part of what I was talking about when I said uh, like when Peter says lives with your wives as uh, as unto knowledge or with understanding is the way it all it gets translated. Mm-hmm. You, you just gotta pick up on those things, you know, and um, yeah, because we would bump heads a lot because I would try to love her with my love language, which is I would tell her how hot she is while I'm trying to make out. And then, what do you mean you don't feel love? This is great. And then she would respond... By cleaning up the house, right. to just show her love for me. I don't care. It's probably probably bad.
1: He does not care at all.
0: either. So. <laughs> let me let, let keep me keep of service. I don't, I don't yeah. need them, man. It's, the
2: thing is, I feel like I'm really
0: good at acts of service, but it's not my wife's love. I,
2: yeah. I feel
0: like I'm like I got gypped. Yeah, and I'm I'm the other way. I mean, Gretchen with love for we were on a mission trip this summer, and we were building. I don't know. We were we were building. We were framing a. a thing an office or something for this ministry and so we're cutting boards together and nailing stuff and i was like baby this is your greatest dream isn't it that we're doing like a home improvement she's like but it's not our home i was like i'm sorry (laughs) one of the things that i am learning is so what do you do all right i think the heart of every woman is am i valuable so i've I, I love this girl so much, like in, in my feels and in my heart, you know. I'm thinking, how could you not feel it? I feel it every time I see you. How could you not feel it? So then what happens if you don't value what the one you value values? Mm. So I I'm trying to get on board with that. Mm-hmm. Like really. Um we've been doing some home renovation stuff, which she loves and she's into it and she runs the whole thing, mm-hmm. which goes back to the role thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not she's making all those decisions about what wall goes down and what goes where and she's talking to the contractors and all that kind of stuff. And I've I've gotta make sure like when she's like, should we get this color or this color? And I'm it does it's not very important to me. But she's important to me. So I I like I try to lean in and have an opinion and if she's like, well that's that's not what I would do, I was like, okay, I don't care. But I'm trying to like be engaged in that, you know? And as silly as it is, I know that she's not overly concerned with what animals I shoot when I go hunting. But she has learned to like feign some sort of interest at least for a couple of minutes as I talk about what I saw, you know? And it matters. Mm -hmm. It matters. Because I value her more than anything other than Jesus. And so that is a way to help people feel valued Mm -hmm. is to try to get into what they're into.
4: Yeah, I think it's, It's good to recognize that we want to study our spouse and we want to learn about them, and we want to ask questions. But I think it's also important that as a spouse, we can tell our spouse, "Hey, here's what I need from you in order to fill this."
1: Yeah, I feel like I can do that at the beginning of our marriage. I I mean, I was just you know mopping floors and doing Mm. dishes, and look Mm. at
4: me—he could care less. But I will say
1: that your love language, Shoby, has changed over the years. I mean, he's um, he's always been physical touch number 1, but I really think that in the past 10 years <clears throat> words of affirmation has been huge in your life and I've noticed that more than anything and
0: especially from you.
1: Right. And so it goes back to the respect thing and the love thing. When he hears words of affirmation from me and when he feels like Hercules, Hercules, right. he feels respected. By me, therefore, he feels loved by me. Mm-hmm. Um, when he takes out the trash, when he gets the laundry out of the dryer and folds it, I just feel like he actually respects right. the things that I do when he's not here to see it. Mm-hmm. And, that, and then, therefore, I feel loved as well. So I mm-hmm. think it goes hand in hand. It really does. Mm-hmm.
0: And you can see how the enemy attack. Okay, if you take our situation, all right, so we've been married 23 years and I live my world here at church, I get constant affirmation from a bunch of people that it's fine. It's better than criticism, Mm. but it's, but I don't get home and people stand in line for me to sign their books. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And I, I think one of the ways an enemy, the enemy works against like the stay at home mom is they, they work their tail off, man. I mean, it is, it is way harder than what I have to do. Um, especially with a couple of teenagers and navigating all the things and she hosts women's Bible study at our house. So it does, it can't be, it can't be sloppy. You know what I mean? So she does all that kind of thing, but she does not have a staff of people that tell her how great she is every day, right. you know, and the moment I just begin to assume she feels valued because in my heart, I feel it. And the moment that she just assumes well, my love tank must be full because there was literally a line of people out here to tell me I'm a great pastor, mm-hmm. then we are completely missing it because I get criticized for sermons all the time. It, it bothers me almost none. Like There are plenty of great churches. Let me help you find another one, okay? I will buy the Uber, no problem. Uh, but, if, but if she criticizes a sermon or something like that, like she just has the ability to suck all the air out, the same way, I can come home and ignore how hard she's been working And it just sucks all the air out of the relationship And it it comes down to value Like I'm not valuing Mm -hmm. What she's doing To keep the Martins alive
3: Yeah, I I think uh, I mean, I know Because I've lived it Is is there's a risk in going Okay, so what are the five things I need to do For you to feel valued Yeah Mm -hmm. And and if you just give me the list I'll just do those And then you'll feel valued It's just not real No like there's the there's the thing under that that we all have to work on, which is the like how do I actually. Feel those things, right. so that I naturally do them. Right? It's the whole like I don't want you to wash dishes. I want you to want to wash dishes. <laughs> like, it's like it's that, it's that whole thing. But like, there's, if
4: I have to tell you, that, right. then that's, you missed the point. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I struggle with that with like the expressing need because it's like you told me what you need. Now I feel like it's just cheesy if I do it right now. And I gotta, yeah. gotta wait a few days first, oh, and then I'll just. Like,
0: so here's how. This is where Gretchen has been really gracious to me. She'll say, because I'm the worst, like you don't see the cup. I cook dinner, I eat it, and then I just, I just go sit on the couch. And then I hear her cleaning it up. I'm like, oh gosh, it did not even occur to me that I should help. Now, by the time I get up and go, she's almost done. And I'm like, "Mm." so one of the things when she'll help, she'll say, hey, I need some help. You can either. And she'll give me like multiple choice. And (laughs) it is, she's like, you could, if you could help me with the laundry or you could take out the trash or, you know what I mean? And then it's really great because I will choose the one that does not have levels of done and undone, like cleaning.
4: Wow. I, well, honestly, a lot. Now. Yeah, right. There's wow. A lot, of, a lot things being
0: revealed. Trash is either out or not out. That's right. Okay. However, poorly. Okay. I, I also know that my lack of attention to detail, even if it's in an effort to serve her, can, can frustrate her. Because if she's just going to rewipe down the, ki- the kitchen after I do it anyway, then, okay, c- clothes are either folded and put away or not. There's not, like, levels of them. You know what I mean? Right, Same right. thing with trash. So I, I'm trying to contribute at whatever my <laughs> ability level is, and it's not very high. Well,
4: you're bringing up a great point, too, like this concept of respect. When we are telling our husband we respect them or we're saying thank you for cleaning the kitchen, but then we're coming behind and redoing everything, we're communicating. You didn't do it. You didn't actually do a good job. You don't actually have what it takes to do this. (laughs) Yes, it's so true. I wait till he goes to sleep and then I do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) what was that
2: noise last night? Nothing, nothing. I was just. But it's one of those
4: things in marriage that I'm constantly trying to uh, learn about myself is like, okay, what are the things that really matter? And what are the things that honestly just don't matter that Mm -hmm. it's way more important for him to feel trusted and valued and respected is it more important that he puts away the cups or is it more important that he knows I'm for him yeah -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can handle some cups around the house when it comes down to that decision
1: and it's very much for us like when Joby walks through the door we want Joby Mm -hmm. the husband Joby the dad we don't want Joby the pastor Joby the book writer Joby the church planter Joby the handshaker whatever you want to call it Joby, the podcaster. We want Joby, the dad, Joby, the husband, you know. And so that's also for us, that's a huge thing for him to have to turn that off when he's doing that constantly right. um, and turn on dad hat, husband mm-hmm. hat, mm-hmm. and leave all that, you know, right outside the door and pick it up when he goes back out. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. And, and man. I'm the worst. I mean you said you're the worst. I'm the worst. It's so I can preach it so much better than I can live it. Cuz I agree with all of those things and and there'll be times I'll walk in the door and we're about 10 minutes into the afternoon and Gretchen will say, "You've been in meetings all day, haven't you?" And I'm like, "How could you? Yeah, how could you tell?" And what she's saying is you got to shift out of leader mode, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I man I, every time my first instinct is to be so defensive because I'm so immature, you know. And then I'm like, "Crap, I did it again!" Like I I I, I try so hard in my heart and mind, mm-hmm. and I feel like I in at home. I feel like I live in Romans seven. Mm-hmm. The things I don't want to do, I keep doing them, and I make all these like, "Oh, this this time it's gonna be better." I'm gonna try so much harder. And again, the disconnect mm-hmm. is like if you could bust my sternum open and see my heart i i do I love my wife and kids like with a passion, you know, and you just we we tend to assume well if I feel it, everybody else feels it mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and then trying to express that
2: my wife knows if I've been in meetings all day if I'm staring at the wall <laughs> blankly <It means> me. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> uh. One question about this love and respect thing is, that I've always wondered, and maybe Pastor Joby, you start with this, but uh, does that mean husbands don't need love and wives don't need respect? Or is it just different ways of saying the same thing? Like, let's just say there's a, a wife out there that's like, hey, I want to be respected too.
0: Of course, yeah. I, I, I mean, look, man, this thing was written 2,000 years ago, and it is still dead on to the deep heart questions of every man and every woman. That's what it's getting at. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, we, we're supposed to love one another, mm-hmm. for sure. And we're supposed to honor one another, for sure. That 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 applies to all the one another's. Mm-hmm. But the ditches that we typically fall into is a husband either abdicates his responsibility or is over-aggressive in it. Mm-hmm. And what we're supposed to do is have um, like a servant authority. Mm-hmm. And then wives can either be way over aggressive and try to take over or just tap out and be so passive mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so it's just warning against the thing that the enemy most often uses in the life of a man and a woman mm-hmm. but of course we're supposed to respect our wives and of course that husbands are supposed to love their wives and mm-hmm. wives love their husbands and wives respect their husbands mm-hmm. yeah
2: how does that hit you Tanya the the idea of respect, getting respect as a, as a wife
0: for sure.
4: Well, I think it, you know, when Paul lays it out, he what he is communicating is when you love, extend love, or when you extend respect, your spouse is experiencing the love and the respect. Mm-hmm. This is just the vehicle by me which they experience it. And so that language I th- has been very helpful for me to recognize, you know, I talked about when I was in the car and we're going somewhere. I don't remember where we're going, but Ben was making turns that I thought, "Well, why is he turning here?" And I would ask questions, and he kept getting <laughs> really defensive. <hard> to say. <laughs> <laughs> he kept getting defensive, and I just kept saying, "No, I'm really trying to understand." But when I looked back on it, I was like, "Wow, I really was communicating. I don't trust you." Hmm. And in that, he did not feel loved.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. I, th- I think that's, that, it's such a dumb example, but it's such a microcosm, yeah. because the reality is, sometimes I do know where I'm going. So when you say that thing, I'm like, "What are you
0: doing?" And then
3: sometimes I'm like, "How come you? How come you didn't tell me to turn there?" Like, I'm not paying yeah. attention, and so that causes her to be stuck in, yeah. that uh-huh. microcosm yeah. of like, "Is is now? Like, am I yeah. supposed to do the thing now or not do the thing now?" And like, that's a marriage, man. Yeah,
2: just blown up. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. stalemate, the old stalemate. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah,
4: but that's when we choose to remember that who the person is that we've married, and we choose to remember what we know to be true about them.
0: Yeah, something that um, I can work on and we can work on is, you know, um, the Bible says, so so when it says, husbands, love your wife, one of the things that love is is love is not easily angered. Mm -hmm and i can have a tendency that man if you don't thread that respect needle exactly the way i need it at the exact right time i can be so easily offended and it puts a wife in an impossible situation right. you know it's like well why didn't you why don't you speak up well the reason is because the last time i tried you were easily offended and i screwed up so i feel like no matter what i'm going to do i'm gonna, i'm going to mess up that's on me man that's on like i'm i'm going to choose to love you by not just waiting for the moment that I get disrespected, you know that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and and not be easily offended. Yeah. We are so quick to blame
2: our re- reactions on others, especially our spouse. Right? You
0: made me mad. Right. I mean, right, You right. made you know, as as opposed to responding in love. yeah. Exactly. Or taking responsibility.
2: Uh, now, Pastor, but you mentioned the the radical aspects of of this text, especially culturally back then, and. Uh, I mean, here's the facts, okay? So nothing in Western history or world history history. has done more to elevate the role and dignity of women than the message of Jesus, like the the life of Jesus, the message of Jesus, Christianity. It's very well documented. Correct. Which is ironic because the prevailing cultural message is the opposite. It's like, oh, Christians are so backwards and misogynistic and sexist and all this kind of stuff. I mean, because the Bible actually says... Some things about it that, you know, that actually are just, hey, it's what it is. Here's the role for how to be a, a leader in the church or a leader in the home, you know. So uh how does how does the this this applies to more than just marriage? How does that restriction or prescription provide freedom
0: for us? <clears throat> the Bible is not only telling us how to live, it's telling us how to live in relationship with God and relationship with one another. Mm-hmm. What Gretchen said earlier is absolutely right. If you don't know Jesus, this is not going to make sense to you. Mm-hmm. Some parts will, like you said, mm-hmm. but if you don't know submission and surrender to the Lordship of Christ, and you are the ultimate arbiter of what is right in your world, it, almost everything in the scriptures, particularly on how to relate to one another, is all going to be an offense to that. Mm-hmm. So the same way the the Bible would look at this in regards to what the Bible calls— I mean, people would look at the Bible in regards to what it says about forgiveness or justice or covenants Mm -hmm. or life. All of that sounds like foolishness, too. Mm -hmm. So it's just—yeah, just put it—look, wisdom is this. We're going to talk about it for five weeks starting next week. Wisdom is living in God's world God's way. Well, if you don't know God, it's going to sound—some of it's going to sound crazy
2: to you. mm -hmm. Tonya, you you talked a little bit about this, but talk more about how— how you have found freedom inside of the restrictions that you have studied in in this text and others.
4: Yeah, I mean, freedom, first and foremost, is found in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so when I am settled and grounded in that relationship, Mm -hmm. then I am free to walk in the calling that he has given me, whether it is in ministry, whether it is as a parent, or whether it is as Ben's wife. Then I am free to walk in that because I know who he is And I know who I am in light of that. Mm -hmm. And then I can just walk that out in a manner worthy of the calling in which He's been given me, Mm -hmm. given to me. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. So good. And and we find so much freedom when we realize that His way is better. It's like you're saying with wisdom.
0: Yeah, the reality is, all of us are submitted to somebody, some people, Something, something, right? I mean, we're all like. You have a boss that you're submitted to. You have a boss that works for me. (laughs) I'm submitted to a board of elders. There is not a Christian on the planet that does not willfully submit themselves in accordance with the way God has ordered things. We all submit ourselves to the government, to, you know, those kinds of things. Like
1: There's not a person on the planet that doesn't submit to something. Correct.
2: You know? And the quicker we recognize that, the better it goes. I mean, I think of the centurion that went to Jesus and said, "I'm a man under authority. Mm. I know how this works. So you just say the
0: word." And Jesus you know. is like, "This bro's got more faith yeah. than anybody he's in like, Jerusalem. That's, that's faith." Right. You know? Yeah, it's interesting. I just had a f- phone call with JP before I preached tonight, and um, he was asking some questions about getting his girlfriend a birthday present. And he's like, "Hey, will you help? Me? Could you cover half or something like that?" And I was like, "What are you going to get her? But we haven't talked about this." And I was like, <laughs> "Dude." Oh, he led with, I got a 96 on my math test, right? Nice. Right. I'm like, good job, dude. And so I was like, bro, we'll cover it all. And he goes, wow, thanks, you know? And I was like, listen, I've told you this for 17 years. When you live like you're living right now, which right now, things are going really good. You know what I mean? There's a lot of yeses for you, bro. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of yeses for you. We're not trying to, like stifle you and keep you from living the abundant life we actually want to fan that flame when you make dumb decisions we got to rein some stuff in and there's some serious consequences when you live in dad's house dad's way there's a lot of yeses you know when you do what mama says and respect mama there's a lot of yeses that is in line with this gift that we have in the scriptures when God's like, I love you so much, you don't even have to guess what it looks like to live in my world my way. Mm-hmm. Here's a whole book on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do what the good shepherd tells you to do. There's a lot of provision and protection when we do that.
4: Well, and it's amazing. The more in love I fall with Christ, the more my heart is transformed, and what I want lines up with what he's calling me to do.
0: Which is Which The is more freedom. I love and value her it doesn't feel like a sacrifice at all when to love and serve her. Right. You know, but when I get, listen, man, you called it like the crazy cycle. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, when I start getting into the death spiral of, mm-hmm. I don't feel respected. And you know what I do? You know, when yeah. I do if, if you said it out loud, if you, if you said out loud, the imaginary conversation that you're having in your head about how you're not feeling valued or you're not feeling respected, you would be like, I am like a child. I am like a child. Why am I a child? You know what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 after he tells what love is? It's right after that where he says, when I was a child, I acted like a child. But now I'm a man. I put childish ways behind me. You know what he's talking about? How to love people. Because children are like, Wham, I'm not getting what I want. What grown people do is they they love in all those ways that he says. That you're patient and you're kind and you're not easily angered and you keep no record wrong and you always trust and you always persevere and you always hope. He's like, Yeah, yeah, that's how you grow up and be a grown man, be a grown woman. It's mm. good. Yeah. And I'm confession, man. I'm, it just I goes wish I could back do it
1: better. To, it just goes back to putting others before yourself. You know, the world says you, you come first, your happiness matters more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And God says you got to put others before yourself. You know, Christ loved loved the church and gave his life for the church and gave his life for us. So that's that's what he calls us to do and to be as as Christians. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Yeah, and I like a word for husbands who have kids. Look, man, whether mama's working at home or working outside of the home, there's no greater picture other than the cross of sacrificial love than all that a mom does for her children Mm -hmm. and I don't know the child that is rightfully grateful with their words and actions Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so every day your wife is operating at a severe Mm -hmm. gratitude deficit Mm -hmm. and I think we have to up our game like crazy to fill in some of that gap you know Mm -hmm um and and i know and and the stay-at-home mom is at a deficit cuz she like like where's the win you know like if you win at work you get a promotion somebody tells you good job and you get more responsibility when you win at home rarely do your kids come home and be like, Mom, we've done an evaluation. You got an A+, plus. great job. Therefore, we're going to be more obedient for the next 10 days. It just, there's not, like, where's the payoff, man? So I do, I think there's this, and and at the heart is, am I valuable? And oftentimes, you feel devalued by your kids. Yeah. At, at early on, they don't even have the ability to, and then when they're teenagers, they just willfully choose not to, you know. Um, and so... I should take a greater responsibility of filling that bucket going, Where would we be without you? I mean, we should just wake up every day and write you a new song and sing it to you and be way more helpful.
2: This is one of the things that I love uh about the in the history of the church. Now you know not not going to worship Mary as a as a deity, but many of the people in church tradition honor the mother of Jesus Mary because of some of the stuff that you're saying, you yeah. know, that she would be called Theotokos, you know, which is the carrier of God, and so it's a type of the church because the church is meant to be a carrier of God, like that servant of the world, servant right. to the world, and self sacrifice. And Christians the same way. So it's like it is truly a great a, a picture of. I and mean, think about our response, you know, the Lord's favor rests on the lowly, That's you know, right. and I will do what He says. And,
0: and and as Protestants, we have thrown the baby out with the bathwater in regards to our. Respect and admiration for Mary. I mean, the the Bible says she is blessed. Mm -hmm. You know, right? So that that should include us being like, "Wow, what a!" You want to talk about submission? Yeah. And again, you you mentioned it's it's not submission until you disagree, Mm -hmm. until you got to do something you don't want to do. You think she it? There's no way she's like, "I'd volunteer for that." You know, everybody's gonna talk smack about me, and my child. I'm gonna have this baby. And I'm just waiting for the day. I mean, you know, I've talked about this before. Every mama, when you have your baby, you count those fingers and toes. And then 33 years later, mm-hmm. her baby's a grown man on the cross, and those same fingers and toes are getting nails driven to them. Who signs up for that? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mary's submission to the will of God is mm-hmm. pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm.
2: So we are uh, Bible-believing complementarians, uh, which just means that God's created unique roles and responsibilities and, and wirings, like you mentioned, Tanya, for men and women, roles in the church, roles in the home, and that both men and women flourish when we're operating and walking in those in those things. And one of the things that was great about about tonight and this weekend is that we got to hear from the perspective of of a wife from her own voice. And so, uh, and Pastor Joby, I love that you mentioned this. Like, you don't have to be every Every position in the of, of scriptural truth to proclaim it, right? But it does help sometimes to hear that perspective. So, Gretchen, what do you feel like is gained or missing? Uh Gained and or missing when when uh, when we don't hear that voice? What's missing and what's gained when we do get to hear the voice from the other perspective? Do you know what I mean? Like, um,
1: hmm. I think it's it's not really. Uh, I think our church does a really great job. Um, I think that it's. I think for, the first thing that comes to mind is just respect, mm-hmm. honor, um, and really just um, seeing the other, mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. the female or seeing the male for their roles and what they do, and and just being um, being able to. Lay everything aside and honor and respect and um, praise,
2: mm-hmm.
1: praise the other the other sex. Really,
2: and Pastor Joby, I think you you said kind of said this like, or alluded to it. Like, there's just certain things that that are different when they come from you versus when they come from you, right? So, what would you say? What do you think we gain from hearing your voice, or how do you receive? From the male voice and make the translation?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think we just don't know what we don't know sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I can speak to things, but I am for sure seeing it through mm-hmm. a female lens, mm-hmm. right. a female understanding, a female wiring. Mm-hmm. And the same for Pastor Joby. Pastor Joby does an incredible job laying out scripture mm-hmm. and laying it out for both men and women. Mm-hmm. I've learned so much being a part of this church, and I've grown deeply in my relationship with Christ because of Pastor Mm Joby's teaching. It also means a great deal to me when I see other women walking in the calling that God has given them. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's been such an honor and a privilege that Pastor Joby would invite me into this this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is something that the Lord has given me a heart for. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to walk that out was First, to gift from the Lord, but also from Pastor Joby, mm-hmm. um, he didn't have to. He didn't have to, mm-hmm. but for him to recognize, sometimes it just sounds mm-hmm. different coming from yeah. a female. I think he's walking it out with yeah. um, incredible kindness mm-hmm. Talk about and about generosity.
2: That a bit. Pastor Joby, like what? What gave you the idea, and what uh, got in your heart to do it?
0: Talking to Rebecca Maxwell. Um, who's a dear, dear friend. We talk about her a lot on this podcast, don't we? She's been on here a bunch, and she's coming yeah, back. She and should be
2: on here more than as much as we talk about her. You know? She's
0: our neighbor and one of our best friends, and her and Sean and their whole family. We raised kids together and all that. But, what you know, here's a good, godly woman that loves the Lord, loves our church, believes what the Bible says about the roles of men and women, et cetera. Mm, yeah. And it said it would be good if I could hear from the voice of a woman sometimes on these things. The hardest thing about this was picking which one of our female staff to invite to come on stage to, mm. to help me teach this because we have so many gifted uh, women of the Word in our church, on our staff, you know? And um, we are very pro-women in ministry. We have we have women on the highest levels of leadership here on our executive leadership team. And uh, it's it's been really... Cool to, to watch both men and women flourish in their calling, right? But it, like before, I'm the mailman. I didn't write it. You know, I don't have to be a Hebrew to teach the Hebrews. I don't have to be a Gentile to teach the Gentiles. You're just mm-hmm. teaching the Bible to people, right. right? So, however, you know, I just thought this would be cool because it's addressed to wives. And I think I could get, if, if I was a wife or I could see somebody go, well, of course he would say that because he's a husband. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if, no matter how, if I'm just trying to knock it down the fairway, mm-hmm. especially in things like illustrations or that kind of stuff. Gretchen has helped me teach this before mm-hmm. on stage, and she's helped me understand this. And when I have like the whole hour to teach the thing, about half the illustrations are one that she has given me. Mm-hmm. Um, because, it, and she will help me evaluate. She'd be like, wow, sounds like you just beat up the wives the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe you need to give it to the husband's little harder, that kind of stuff. So she helps me a lot with that. But, yeah, I mean, Tanya's a very, very gifted Bible teacher. She runs her 1825 ministry. She's been married for a long time. She's doing, she's doing the thing. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it would be a great opportunity. Yeah. And so and we're always looking for women voices, like on the podcast, and they teach a whole bunch of um, things like all staff and baptism classes and doctrine, class, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. the more of that we can do, the better.
2: Yeah. I think there is something in culture, like the thing that you're saying is so good because it, with identity politics maybe, there's a very toxic thing in culture that says if you're not fill-in-the-blank, then you don't have anything your opinion to, doesn't matter. To, to say on it. Yeah. Right? And I, I just don't think that's what the Bible teaches us or even how we're supposed to live. Oh, you know? well, yeah,
0: because I'm standing on the truth of the Word of God, mm-hmm. not the truth of my own lived experience. Yes. That's the fundamental shift. That's what we kind of started this conversation with. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it comes through the lens of me because I'm me. I don't know how else to see things, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, But but you, you did a fabulous job, but I knew that you would. So um the reason I invited her is I thought it would be better for the sheep. Mm-hmm. I don't think very much about what would work best for me. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I'm trying to think. I mean, every Monday – When I get in the tree, I say, God, they're your sheep. They're not my sheep. Mm -hmm. You're the chief shepherd. I'm the Mm under-shepherd. What do you have for the sheep? It's why I didn't preach last week. Mm -hmm. It's why I invited Dr. Brunson. He's got grown kids. I thought he would do a better job. Now, could I unpack the text? Yes. Mm -hmm. But we're still very much—we're in, like, what, the third quarter of raising (laughs) children and trying to get them out? You know what I mean? And— we don't know anything, according to them, right now. We have two teenagers; we've lost our minds. So, and <clears throat> the week before that, the reason I asked Josh to preach is because he led a singles ministry for like ten years. Mm-hmm. And of course, I could teach on single; I've been that. But I just thought it would be better for our folks. So that—that's mm-hmm. yeah. what I. In the best versions of me, that's that's what I'm making decisions mm-hmm. about who's preaching and what the topic is and that stuff.
3: Well, I think that's a good uh, explanation of what a head of household, sorry, head of household looks like. Is it's not always, it's not always me that's the best thing for our family. Yeah. Oh man. Right. Sometimes it's yeah, it's it's what does what does mama want to do? That's what we should do. Like that's what house head house. Sometimes it's I'm no good at teaching this thing. I need look. I don't teach my kid how to swim. <laughs> yeah. <Like> I'm terrible <laughs> at it. I definitely float. That is for sure. Um, But I have to invite someone else in to do that piece. That's still a head of household decision. Right? Yeah. yeah. um,
0: This has happened recently. So a while back, I was like, all right, babe, all medical decisions you're in charge of. Because she's got her degree in physical therapy. She did physical therapy for a bunch of years. And so, you know, she just knows. I don't even know what the terms mean when a kid goes to the doctor. All right. And then like I'll have a different opinion and gently but firmly she says I thought you said we're deferring to what I think on the medical decisions that is not out of step with everything the bible's nope. telling her to do in Ephesians 5 that, mm-hmm. you know that is like let uh let me remind you of a decision that we have made mm-hmm. and it was actually your idea to put me in charge of this you know mm-hmm. so yeah it is it is and that's what you know um there there are some hebrew scholars that say that the the that eve a part of what it means is the mother of all living things but it's like um um helpful partner or sparring partner you know it's like um loving advocate and adversary in the same word mm-hmm. right and if if Gretchen didn't push back on some things because she loves me and wants me to be the best version of me that mm-hmm. I could be. I would not be nearly be the man, the dad, the husband, the preacher that I am and I still got a long way to go. Mm-hmm.
2: And we could just echo what Dr. Brunson encouraged our church last time, you know, he said if for the young parents out there find somebody who can help mm-hmm. you that's a little further down the road. Yeah, no we can say the same thing about married couples. You know, we have marriage mentors in our, our church, a program that's set up, but just you know find a couple that, so that's a further further on down the road
0: and have them help you. you and know? be that couple. Yeah, yeah. So we're both yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. By God's grace, we've got, I mean, like, Laura's and Deb Peterson are in our life and have been for a long time. I, uh, Petey's an elder. And then also the Doyles, you know, they're a season ahead for mm-hmm. sure. They're in our life. That's very helpful. And like you mentioned, Gretchen... Man, she disciples a bunch of these young married girls, and has and run some retreats where she's invited me to come be a part of it, just for us to pour into. So, even if you don't feel qualified to be like the mentor, Mm -hmm. nothing will catalyze your growth like being in a position of authority and leadership. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, oh, I'm telling them what to do. I might better do what I'm saying, also. Mm -hmm. No doubt.
2: Well, this has been so great. Let's, let's close with a, a, fun, a fun one. Let's go around and what's the best advice you've ever gotten in marriage, or a most frequent advice you give out to people who are, who are saying that they need help? Start with you, Ben. Start with me.
3: <laughs> best say that again, the best advice I've ever gotten. Best or, marriage advice
2: you ever got, or you could get the best advice you give out regularly.
3: Best advice I give out. it's probably be the same thing. Um, I think the best advice I've ever gotten—I don't know if it's directly related to marriage, but it applies. Don't expect to be paid for something you're not already doing. It's actually job advice, uh-huh. but it applies to marriage. Uh, In this whole love and respect right. conversation, is like, man, if you ain't giving it out on a routine basis, who are you to be asking for anything? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's pretty much it. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I sprung this this on y'all. This is a really hard one. (laughs) Anything (laughs) anything coming to mind?
1: I said something the other day and it was, uh, I don't even remember, Um, but it was really good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) good. And it it was along the lines of just remember whatever you are feeling, he is feeling too. He's just feeling it differently. And Mm. so you guys have to, you have to think about, you're not the only one with feelings. Mm. Something like that, but mm-hmm.
0: that was just a few days ago. No, that's good.
1: That's good. <laughs> We've been married 23 years. <laughs>
0: Gretchen has a lot of girls that lean on her, not for like marriage stuff and parenting stuff. I mean, a lot, and so she gets a lot of practice giving advice. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I always hate the best. In any of these questions, because the pressure to like, oh my gosh, I have to come up with the best one. Um, I will say a phrase that I use a great deal with my 1825s, but I think it is applicable to marriage as well, is the idea that I can only love you as much as I know you. Mm-hmm. And so in our marriage, I said it earlier, like we need to come forward with information as much as they should be asking us information. Mm-hmm. And so, what does it look like for me to continue to be open and honest about where I am, whether it's emotionally or um, spiritually? What does it look like to continue to be open and honest about how something he said or didn't say made me feel? Because only when he knows that information can he come alongside and love mm-hmm. me in the way in which I need to be loved. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, man, the more she has told me how I make her feel over the years, the more I'm like, holy cow, like I'm, I'm wrecking stuff here. Yeah. And I don't even realize it, mm-hmm. right? So, But the more she's been able to articulate it, mm-hmm. the more I can go, oh, okay, I need to really be better at that.
4: Mm-hmm. And it took a long time to get there because long time. I think I just thought, okay, I just got to suck it up, try harder to do better, or just take it and love him through it. And mm-hmm. I've learned, no, I have to actually let him in. Mm-hmm. fully yeah. in all the areas yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll give you three alright <laughs> the most the, the, the advice I give most often is to husbands you can be right or you can be a husband mm-hmm. and that's rooted in the gospel that's not I know it's kind of like it would tweet well mm-hmm. and it sounds like it's it. it's rooted in the gospel mm-hmm. Jesus did not try to be right mm-hmm. he went and paid so that we could be righteous mm-hmm. right so that's true. I have to be running to that. Gretchen gave me the best advice, the most helpful advice, when I would hurt her with my words or actions, but I didn't intend to, and I wanted to be judged on my intent. Right. And she gave me this incredible illustration. If you ba- I've shared it with the church a hundred times. If you backed over my foot in your truck, even if you didn't mean to, and you jumped out of the truck and said, I'm sorry, my foot would be no less broken. So I do things she feels hurt for me to abdicate responsibility for her Mm. is not being a husband that, Mm. that when I find myself in those situations, I can see my truck. You know what I mean? I'm like, "Mm." and then elder Barry said, uh, the success of a man is displayed in the countenance of his wife. Mm. And I think that's good stuff. So what if I pastor the biggest church ever in the history of the world mm-hmm. and my wife doesn't feel valued? Right. I do not get an A-plus in the kingdom for that. Mm-hmm. That's an It's actually disqualifying from being able to be a pastor, right. according to Timothy and Titus. Mm-hmm. So
1: Something that Dr. Brunson said last week that spoke to me, and I know he was talking about our kids, I mean, parenting, but um, it really spoke to me just— in parenting and in marriage, um, so when you when you're when you argue, you've already lost. Mm. It's not about arguing; it's about mm. having a discussion and figuring it out. and And that really spoke to me because it's so true. Like mm. when you just try to argue, you've already lost. Mm.
0: That's really good.
2: Um, yeah. Well, I a scripture just came to mind, so I'll use this as a prompt for you to pray us out, Pastor Joby, but. Remember when Jesus is talking to the disciples and they're asking about who's going to be great.
0: Oh yeah. And he says, Matthew 20,
2: he says the the Gentiles, they use authority. They lord it over each other. And he says this phrase that I give, you know, it's not, it's not to be so among you. That's right. You know, and that's, that would be, I think our prayer for the marriages that they wouldn't go the way of the world, you know, um, that it would, it would not be so among us that we'd be a that witness, uh, of of the way that, cause it's like we've said, we get, we get the picture. We get the gospel. And so living that life out in a, the picture on display in
0: marriage, man, that's, that's the prayer. That's the hope. So would you pray for us for that? I'd be happy to. <clears throat> Father in heaven, would you please by the power of your spirit, God, would you help husbands to love their wife as you have loved us? Maybe be so overwhelmed by your love that it would, you've lavished it upon us, that it would flow through us into our wives. God, would you, would you help every wife that's listening? God, would she be submitted to you and submitted to her own husband and everything? Mm. God, for all the people that want to be married, God, would you help them become the men and women that you have called them to be so they'll be ready for it? Yeah. God, for people that have been hurt deeply by marriage, mm. um, Lord, I pray that they would see a clear picture of your covenant love for your people, the church. God, we love because you first love us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. The end. You know. <laughs>